Welcome! Y saludos amigos! A nuestra presentación, Revenge of the Pod, a pop culture pod primarily focused on film and television. Uh, I'm your host, Luigi, and this is my co-host, Jason. What's up, brother? Oh, doing great, man. Doing great. Uh, we got a great one for you guys. That's right. We also have a special guest host today with us, uh, Jermaine. Jermaine, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. For sure, for sure. All right. Uh, we're excited to have you with us today, guys, for another great show. Let's get straight into it, though. Jason, you got any news for me that happened to you this weekend or week? Uh, this weekend, kept it chill, man. Uh, we w- um, went to, to go get some brunch. It actually, it's been a while since I, since I got some brunch. This place is called Over Easy. Excellent food. Uh, it's kind of like a chain in the Arizona area, maybe somewhere else. But after that, we went to the movies. I saw a movie, which we'll talk about later. And NBA playoffs are going like we talked about last week, bro. Lakers are up 2-1. We're recording on a Monday. It's the 24th. And they're playing right now. But I I, I love you guys too much. And uh, I have so much fun recording that uh, I got to record with you boys first. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I kind of miss having drinks and eating brunch, man. I haven't done that in a good while. Like, get get my tipsy going, having some good food at brunch. That must have been nice. That must have been nice. Dude, it's, uh, I feel like the Phoenix area is like a staple for like brunch and drinking. I mean, that's yeah. just like a thing people do now, which is nice. I just I don't do it as much. Uh, also, uh, San Diego, man. Every time I go to San Diego, bro, there's so many brunch spots, <laughs> and people are just drinking the whole time. Yeah, man, that's that's the way to do it, bro. No comment. <laughs> Jermaine's like, I've had some some bad days. Uh, they anyway. just opened up uh, the Fig Tree Cafe. Is it Fig Tree Cafe? I think it's Fig Tree. Uh, like literally a block from my spot, and I was like, "God!" You're like, "Damn it, damn it!" <laughs> do they have TVs to watch sports? And they do not. Oh, so it's actually okay. kind of a good thing because I'd be there way. Too yeah, long. yeah, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> you get like a quarter of your paycheck just right there. <laughs> All right, well, that's that's dope, man. Uh, Jermaine, how you been, man? What you been up to? Uh, you know, just living life, just decompressing, trying not to go too many places uh, after coming back from Japan, trying to enjoy my house and, and enjoy yeah, where, you know, what we I still, pay all the rent for. We still haven't uh, gotten to talk to you about Japan. Uh, give, us, give us a little piece of something you'd like to share uh, that you did in Japan. Yeah, like stuff that you enjoyed doing there or like, so here's the thing. I told it. I was talking to to my boys that I was with on the trip, and I told them that you know everyone probably goes back and they tells them all the sites and the gardens and and everything that they did that people already know about. I was right. like, y'all, I'm gonna go back and tell them about you know just the stuff that when you're there for ten days you kind of run into. Um, first of all, Seven Eleven absolutely shits on 7-eleven out here it is unbelievable how awesome their 7-elevens are they have delicious food delicious snacks uh bro we were in 7-eleven once once or twice a day buying something (laughs) (laughs) um and that was what's so crazy right so we we ate at like two legit like five-star restaurants one of them was uh one of them was uh kakaya by the sea uh, and that one had like not nothing but celebrity photos signed on the wall, like getting drunk with, I believe the chef, right. Um, That's sick. That's, out, getting drunk with the chef. I love it. 
<laughs> yeah, I, you know, I didn't have that luxury because I'm. They don't know about Room Three Hundred Three in Japan. Not Hopefully. yet, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not yet. And uh, so I thought, you know, there was terrific food everywhere, but yeah, you know, I just ran into ran ran into that uh, that Seven Eleven. Secondly, buying tickets for events is an absolute nightmare. Really? J- J- well, I, probably because I don't speak the language, right? Yeah. But. Japan uh, has this weird meld of like very much a city of, you know, caught in two different eras. Right. So uh, Tokyo used to be known as Edo Mm -hmm. until about the late 1800s, I believe. Uh, Someone can fact check me that listens to the pod. Um, And then it they kind of went under this like revamp to make it an incredibly much more modern city right but they they held they kept their temples uh untouched so they built their city around these temples these these different pockets and so they still have like landlines everywhere um you know i thought their wi-fi access was going to be much better because everyone hypes up how advanced technologically they are yeah um and i kind of felt uh you know it, it was very accommodating to english speakers and you know did have a, a, a bunch of wi-fi i would say probably more than more so than in america but i i don't know what i was expecting i was expecting it to be more um but their pub their public transit system was outstanding and it really made for never actually running into traffic very much when we did use their taxis use their taxis and stuff um I would say the only time we ran into uh, traffic was just trying to leave the Tokyo Dome after we saw the Japan versus Italy World Baseball Classic game. Well, of course, oh, right? <laughs> and but once we were once we were like half a mile away, you know, you know, in radius in any direction, um, you pretty much didn't experience any of that traffic leaving the Tokyo Dome. So a bunch of people were probably using the trains to get out. A bunch of people were probably walking to where they were. So that's another awesome thing that um, I experienced. And then lastly, I will make note that uh, to all my short kings out there, uh, move to Japan. (laughs) Uh, Hell yeah. It looks like I moved in Japan, y'all. Holy cow. (laughs) I stood out like a sore thumb in Japan. Not only that, I'm rocking a blonde, you know, mohawk mullet in (laughs) Japan. And I'm 6'3", Puerto Rican, and then I have an English accent. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a very interesting, uh, you know, dichotomy that to experience. But overall, I felt like the Japanese culture was very reverential. They really kept to themselves. It wasn't too loud. Nobody was just talking on phones, on trains, like even in public places like gardens and trains, like people weren't conversing with themselves but very loudly so um it did kind of lend itself to this like reverence where these people were all very respectful and they were very appreciative and i love the way they treat nature and then lastly um bro i've, I've been on bidets for a while since probably <laughs> yes i was about to like ask you this 2013 bro. but like dog every single toilet in japan every toilet like even public toilets was a bidet and i was just like bro 
America is fucking up. There's so many of my friends who have never used a bidet. Luigi, have you used a bidet? Oh, I have one. Oh, exactly, bro. <laughs> it is amazing. It's to the point where I I try to have white elephants like once every year, obviously around the Christmas time. And the gift I always get is the same gift. I don't think anything. It's a hit. It's hysterical, right? So I buy this tushy gift pack, right? It's like 50 bucks. And it's this attachment that you can attach to regular toilet seats. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that way you can you can add the bidet attachment to it, and it also comes with a travel sized bidet. That's what sick. The fuck? So, wow, that is always my white elephant gift that I get because it pops people so hard, but it's life changing. I no, actually, man, got, go I'm, I'm inviting you to the next white elephant gift that I have. <laughs> you gonna pay attention to what wrapping paper I bring? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. I'm like, oh, right, we walked in. He brought in the. Uh, of course, it's Star Wars wrapping paper. Hell yeah, let's go. So, so just because the history nerd in me has to come in on that, it is Edo. It, no, it is, and it was uh, the period under Tokugawa, which was like after this huge civil war amongst all the samurai lords. After Nobunaga uh, ended up dying, and then that lasts all the way up until 1867, when Commodore Perry brings a warship from the United States to Japan and says, "You will trade with us." Um, pretty much saying like we will we will use military force to make you trade with us uh, the japanese freaked out and after that began i think what is called this one is what i don't remember the meiji restoration which would lead to uh imperial japan mm, interesting yeah yeah did not know any of that that was one of the things that i studied in college so i was like wait <laughs> Dude, I didn't, I didn't even know about Edo, so thanks for that, Jay Man. So Luigi can give me a little quick history lesson. Yeah, and side notes: all those well, not all those characters. A bunch of those characters are in a video game uh, called Samurai Warriors. I think it is. It's like Dynasty Warriors, but it's the Japanese version. Oh, I haven't played Samurai Warriors. I have played Dynasty Warriors uh, way yeah. too many, way more hours than I'm willing to admit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, all right, we're we're real off topic, so we got to come back. Okay, now um, for me, I just have a couple of quick hits for you guys. So I took my kid to a self defense class, and the funniest thing that I saw them learn, which is helpful though, because you know it was like getting away from a predator who's trying to kidnap them, and. Uh, the, the best thing that I saw them learn was to like stomp somebody's foot and then run away saying, don't touch me there. And I was like, that was fucking golden. You just see all these kids running across a gym going, don't touch me there. And it, That's it funny. Dude, laugh, my, man. It was my guess would have been kick his ass in the nuts and then say, don't touch me there. But yeah, um, yeah. well, yeah, kicking had... high as a little kid, kicking highs. Yeah, yeah, it's area, hard. Right? And they also showed him how to like straight kick a shin. Like, oh. yeah 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 they showed him a few things man they showed him how to get like out of grips using like force against the thumb and using both of your hands they showed him a lot of stuff they showed him how to get out of a like a sedan trunk so if they're if they're Whoa. for some reason thrown in there uh and they're not tied up yeah man it was some serious shit it was like uh fbi partnership and everything I'd... what don't most cars now like have uh they have an inside of... yeah pulling to, lever. to get yeah. out yeah that's what they were showing the kids. Like most cars nowadays, this is what they got. I mean, if they got an old car, well, that's different. But yeah, at yeah, least but... what we can do. At least what we can do. 
Is so, it, yeah, isn't that it was, sad though? Like the fact that you have to have a like emergency pool to get out of a trunk. It is sad, man. That is uh that is part of why I was happy that my daughter got to do this because like you never know man you just never know but anyway did, did, did she have fun it looked like she, sounded like she had fun she did she yeah. had <laughs> she got to meet a bunch of kids they were doing silly things you know they showed them how to like fight with a stick because the most common thing you're going to find is some sort of object that looks like a stick right. um shout out donatello yeah, there, <laughs> there you, you go, go. <laughs> uh, but yeah so they showed him that it was it was cool. I'm glad she got to go, and I hope she gets to remember some of this. If not, we're going to take her again next year so she can kind of keep that stuff in her head. But last thing. So last week, for those who are uh, smokers, they had 420, of course. And I didn't know this, but Wingstop has a hot box every time of year around this time. You got to be shitting me. I did not know that <laughs> Yeah, it's like a box of eight wings with like a special seasoning with fries. It was delicious. Both me and Gabby got it. It was fantastic. Came with it extra fantastic. ranch. Uh, no, sadly, sadly it didn't. <laughs> Damn. But I was, I was, I liked it so much that I had to bring it up because I was like, oh my god, they need to have this seasoning like all year. And watch they do, and it's just under, it's just got green, just got green food coloring or something. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, anyway, let's get into trailers, boys. Um, I actually have a few things that I just wanted to quickly go over. Not that they're coming out, guys. Actually, it's just a bunch of movies have come out recently that you should probably go check out. They're worth a date night. Uh, maybe go see a movie with a friend. Uh, just a reason to go to the movies. Evil Dead Rise just came out. Uh, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant just came out. Bo is Afraid recently came out. Suzumi. Looks fantastic if you're an anime fan. should check that out. Renfield looks like a hilarious take on horror. And, of course, Air, which I still haven't seen. So I, I know, Jermaine, you've actually seen a few of these, correct? I've seen three of them. That's correct. How and was... I, and I bailed on one of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, rough. How was Air? I know you saw it. Just uh, how would you rate it? Uh, so I really enjoyed Air. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised with what they actually accomplished with the movie. It it was feel good. It told the story of, you know, the first Jordan. And then one of the best parts, they never showed uh, this was spoilers, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so uh, they never show Michael Jordan or like whoever they have standing in to play Michael Jordan. And, hmm. you know, I, like I, 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 I kind of expected it. that. I kind of expected that actually. Yeah, he would have he he would have like taken over the movie a little bit. That that and also Michael Jordan is so strict with his name, image, and likeness, um, <laughs> and you kind of see where he gets it from uh, during this movie, right? But one of the things that I like that they did from that perspective is they they told the story about the other people, right? Specifically, Michael Jordan's mom. Um. And how one of the most um, game-changing contracts in world history, really. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Michael Jordan got a percentage of every sneaker sold, which is unheard of. It was the first of its time. And, you know, kind of the pioneer of that. But it tells, you know, the story of the first Air Jordan 
you know, the process of pitching him, how, how these companies were, are going back and forth, trying to give him the best deals. Uh, and I think they told a, a pretty good story about that. And uh, one of the best parts is it's a, you know, it was like a, it, it was a great, you know, black winning story. And it wasn't like, you know, it's not what Hollywood always does where they're, where they, they create slave exploitation films mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, it's guns, drugs, and all this other stuff. No, this was just a kid who was tremendous at basketball and that Nike knew was going to be something special. And, uh, you know, the way they kind of uh, – the characters that play the role in the actual Nike company and how they actually t- decide that Michael Jordan is that special is, is pretty awesome. Um, they talk about where the name Air came from. And I had even sent uh, like an old school archived New York Times article to my uh, basketball chat, and uh, mm-hmm. and it kind of tells the same story that that movie goes through. And and so I I thought it was pretty great. And I, it was better than I was expecting, to be honest. Uh, but you know, it's arguably the most iconic shoes of all time ever. Anyway. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it was it was a great story there, uh, Renfield. So. Uh, Renfield is uh, man. You saw like, it? I did. Yeah, I absolutely Hell love yeah. that movie. By the way, and, I can't uh, wait. Yeah, if you um, if you like campy like horror, and I do. I mean Beetlejuice. I love it. Yeah, dude, it's right up that alley. <laughs> it's right up that Beetlejuice alley. It knew exactly what it was. It leaned into it ridiculously heavy, and it just gave you. It gave me so many laughs. And then so many moments where I was just like, holy crap. Like that is a, and dude, some of the kills, that's what most of the time got me to say, holy crap. Um, they were shocking. <laughs> oh, bro. I was like, that's how do you even think of that's the way to kill? Like, that's the way you decided to kill that person. I was just like, that's so crazy to me. That's, uh, how, that's ev- why they make movies done. <laughs> every, every every single actor played their like character archetype so well, uh, dude. The movie I thought it was way better than it had any business being, and so that's kind of what's shocking right now, right? So it's like we're in the summer blockbuster season. This is where all the big time movies are dropping, and man, we've seen some hitters from Air to Mario to, um, you know. Honor Among Thieves, the Dungeons and Dragon movie, just from March to April. And let me, let me just say, Jason just saw it. So we've all seen it. That movie was fucking great. Dude, was it not? I had a lot of fun watching Dungeons and Dragons. Jermaine, Jermaine, you yes. saw it, right? I did. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic, man. Sorry, go on, go on. We'll talk about that in a minute. No, yeah, that's <laughs> that's fine. And so so that that's the Redfield thing. Also, like I love Nicolas Cage, and I'm the first to admit he makes Same. a fuck ton of bad movies. But anytime <laughs> yeah. Nicolas Cage is in a movie, I'm all about it. And his renaissance, he's going to get every dollar for every movie that he puts out because I thoroughly enjoy him as an actor. And lastly, my God, I cannot express to you how good The Covenant is. Really? That good? I- I was shocked by how good it was. Now, I'm not going to go out there and say what some of these these hyperbole clickbait experts are doing, right, and saying that it's the best war movie ever. I think that's soon. I, I've, I've seen those videos. 
on TikTok. I haven't, I didn't, I didn't click any of those, but I, I saw. So actually, I think Eric might have told me um, that that's what they're saying. I will say that after hearing that and then going to see the movie, it, it did not underperform that bar. But you know, there there are other war movies that it doesn't even touch. But th- what's but great it's about it's it's fantastic yeah and yeah, if someone told me that it was in their top five war movies i would totally understand right you're not gonna oh, get any you're not gonna get any pushback from me but one of the best parts was is this is kind of you know this was the first foray into afghanistan after that fiasco that biden voters submitted me to um <laughs> so like that was such a awesome way to see it but one thing i i really kept thinking was just like and i haven't looked into it did they really film in afghanistan because <laughs> how did you get cleared to film in afghanistan i don't know what is it five years what, when was the pullout the pullout was uh 2020 so two and a half years after or did they just have this movie in the can <laughs> waiting for the pullout to happen to i felt like drop that it. uh so because it looks very much like Afghanistan. And, you know, they they have a lot of Afghani actors in it, which was awesome to see. Um, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal is, is probably one of the more underrated actors. And uh, I really re- suggest everyone go see The Covenant. It's fantastic. Of those three, I'd probably rank it The Covenant, then Renfield, and then Air. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, wow. Interesting. And, uh, dude, and I loved Air. Because it hit like it hit close to home. I love that story. The Nike. I'm actually reading Shoe Dog by Phil Knight right now. Um, but man, uh, Renfield had no business being that good. And then the Covenant was. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be dope because it was Guy Ritchie. But at at the end of it, you turn your turn to your whoever you're watching it with, and you're like, that was Guy Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> Where was all the style? This was just straight yeah. straight storytelling. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he did a good job. Uh, Guy Ritchie did fall in love with slow mo in this movie, so th- that was uh, pretty interesting to see. But uh, overall, I was uh, all three movies check the box that you want from a movie. Entertained, told a good story, great acting, uh, script was pretty good. You know, so I-, I do think all of them are worth seeing. But not everyone can go see every single movie. Well, I'm gonna try to see two of them this weekend. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Jason, <laughs> what you got for us, man? <laughs> Um, yeah, so stuff that hasn't come out yet. I just want to just that's about to come up. Just a quick update. Uh, Jedi Survivor. It's a video game uh, available on all platforms, I guess, if you're a PC gamer, or PS5 or Xbox. Xbox is, is my thing. I pre-ordered. You know, I'm getting ready for it. It comes out this Friday, April 28th. I am so fucking ready. Uh, sorry, Halo, but I'm probably be playing this game uh, until I beat it. Uh, J-Man, I know you've uh, it's a pre it's a sequel to a prequel for Jedi Fallen Order. I know J-Man just finally beat it, but I already know that you knew what happened. But uh, what what would you think of that uh, the, the first part of it, uh, the, at least the first game? Because uh, I know Luigi hasn't played it. Uh, the first game is one of the best games I've ever played. Uh, I was blown away by the world building that they did within that individual game. The they fleshed out worlds like Kashyyyk and Dathomir and really let you feel submersed in those things. 
the monsters that they pulled from Star Wars lore for you to fight were awesome. Sick. Yes. They they really expanded on things that you don't really talk about or think about when you're seeing the shows, right? But like uh like the foliage that lives and, and it breathes and exists on these planets. They even have you collect seeds from them. Yeah. Um you know, to me, the best droid in all of Star Wars was introduced in this game. Uh, I agree. BD One is uh, outstanding. I, I don't think I would. I don't know if I would. I'd have to like really sit there and think about who my favorite droid is because I still have a lot of love for IG eighty eight. Shout out the bounty hunters. But um, no, I mean, it, you know, the story they told with the person that he runs into who starts mentoring him in in the Force. You know the Night Sisters, um, and then they also have the Inquisitors in this game, and also the puzzles in all the temples in the first game were outstanding. Yeah. Um, you know this next one, from what I see, like the you're going to be able to customize your actual Cal Kestis character a lot more. Um, they'll probably expand on colorways for BD One and the ship and stuff like that, but. Uh, they'll probably expand on the lightsabers, but I feel like it's going to be a lot more of the same, just bigger, more bigger and better worlds. Um, and you know, I'm very much excited, especially with the way the last one kind of ended. Um, so it was ruined for me, but I was at like 96% of the game. So the only thing that they ruined was the very end. Um, but you know, I 100%ed it up until that point, and I just beat it probably two weeks ago <laughs> in preparation for this. But uh, it, it there was such an awesome story told, and then the way that game finished, you were like, "Well, that can't be it." Right, <laughs> right. That's exactly how I felt too. And <laughs> so it it finished, and you were like, "Damn, we're absolutely getting a second one." And then they announced that they're making the second one, and here we are. Um, look. If you're a fan of Rancors and Bounty Hunters and lightsabers and and you want to feel like you're wielding the Force in combat and like a Devil May Cry setting, um, this is your game. If you're a Star Wars fan, I highly recommend this game. To me, this is the best Star Wars game that has come out since uh, probably, you know, the original two Battlefronts in the uh 2000s or even you know knights of the old republic who's which is the holy grail of star wars games that game that was i remember spending an entire summer just hours and hours and <laughs> hours playing that fucking game it was so good it was so good uh anyway i haven't played it so i don't know what you guys are talking about that sounds great <laughs> um I, I, I do recommend at least playing it so you can see the, the story the story mode because you can put it on easy for story mode purposes. And uh, you can kind of – it's still, honestly, pretty difficult, but uh, you get to see, like, the the cutscenes, which uh, are technically canon and do relate to the shows and movies that we are seeing today. So I, I do recommend that. Or go on YouTube and just say, hey, let me watch the cutscenes for Jedi Fallen Order if you want to be that person, which you can, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, because I, I, I recommend playing at least the second game. Well, I, I'm going to play for sure. And I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how much I enjoyed it, but I, I'll I be feeling... honest. The only game I want to play right now. I mean, I play a lot of Halo, but that's because I just like being social. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
The only Social other game that I, yeah. yeah, the only <laughs> other game that I'm like maybe I'll play alone, and I've played it a few times is the new God of War. It's not even new anymore, right? Ragnarok. Every time I get a chance to play that shit, I play that too. I feel you. I feel you on that. And then so that's maybe, okay. Maybe after that, I'll, I'll I'll give it a try. It's not that I don't think it's going to be a good game. I just don't play to play anymore. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, let's move on, Jason. You've got another little update for us. Just just a quick one. Um, I know we talked about Lilo and Stitch. Uh, they announced that they're going to have a live action. Um, and they announced like some of the actors that were going to be part of the live action Lilo and Stitch. One of the characters was Bubbles, which is a big ass dude, like men in black. Um, in the movie, he's like scary and you don't know who he is. You think he's the FBI and you think he's there to capture Stitch and aliens and harm them. And at the end of the movie, it turns out like, no, he's like the men in black. And like, if you're good to him, he's going to be good to you. And he was just trying to get Stitch back home, but they made him look like a villain. And they said that they announced who that character was going to be. It was going to be a female character who doesn't look so scary. She looks like someone that's going to cook me a home meal, give me hugs and kisses and rock me to sleep. And I was, <laughs> I, I was a little upset with that, bro. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. I was like, that was the first one. Like, I wasn't furious, but I was like, what? I was like, oh, man, this movie's going to suck. Um, but then they... For all you bubble stins. Yeah, the, the, the internet just fucking went wild and uh, they recasted the person and uh, I'm a little more happy with it, but they also announced that um, the person that voiced stitch in the cartoon, the movie oh. is going to voice the live action stitch. So I was like, all right, cool. All right. All right. Maybe there's hope for that, but just want to give you guys an update on, on that. Cause I, I love Lilo and stitch that. growing up as a kid. And I, uh, I know I guess live I wasn't action... a big fan. Jermaine, were you a big Lilo and stitch guy? I mean, I thought it was a fantastic movie. Cool. I love Lilo and stitch. Bro. I watched, I watched the animated TV show where they, me too. Bro. They caught all the other experiments from that movie. Yes, dude. Yeah, those are so bad. I remember seeing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure. trying to find out who they cast as Cobra bubbles. Now that you're all upset. He's, he was pretty upset. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was a little upset. I was like, I know, I I, I'm dude, pretty sure I sent it to one of the group chats. I, I just know can't it, remember which one. I just know it cracked me up because you know everyone, <laughs> you know we're you know in an age of going woke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. To see a black man lose out to a woman, I was like, damn, we've gone full woke. And, and it's not even that. Like I, I was, I'm not upset because of that. Like, okay, cool, you need to change characters, but I was upset because that character itself in the beginning of the film is they're trying to run away from him because he looks big and scary and it looks like he's actually there to harm stitch and aliens personally right it's the it's the cia it's the fbi like well oh, they actually they actually originally think that he's there to take uh lilo away from man what's the sister's name um yeah i can't i can't sister. remember Man, you guys oh, yeah. Like anyway, so stitch stands. What the fuck? Oh, shut up. We're not, we're not. Fuck yeah, but yeah, yeah. Also, so I just looked up the new guy that cast Courtney B. Vance. Yeah, that's a good casting, I think. Yeah, <laughs> He's I agree. Do a good Thank job. you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I was, he, I was just curious. Go ahead, keep going. But yeah, they're trying to take. Uh, yeah, obviously, and then at the end, he realizes like, oh. No, he's he's a good person, right? And they're like, all right, we're gonna send him home. He'll go back home to his home planet. And that's when Stitch is like, nah, Ohana, 
Ohana means home, right? Or something like that. Family it means family. family. Yeah. And he decides to stay. Oh, beautiful movie, dude. Beautiful movie. Um, but again, it's it's, it's going to be a live action Disney film, and uh, not a lot of hitters on that one. So, <laughs> you think it's going straight to Disney Plus or what? No, I think it'll be a film. Oh shit! Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, let's jump into TV land, boys. Jason, you've been watching some stuff. I did. Uh, so this past weekend, went to go see Dungeons and Dragons. Finally, I want to bring it up because I know both of you guys saw it in theaters as well, and. Yo, man, I was definitely blown away. Uh, I was expecting, like, based off the trailers, I, I, it was really fun. But after, the f- like, watching the whole thing, it was, like, really, really fun. Like, I, I had a great time. I was laughing. Uh, the CGI at times were really awesome, but also at times were, like, eh, you know, but, like, not completely terrible that we've been seeing lately. And just all the characters, like, just they were working as an ensemble. It was, it was, just, it was just so fun, dude. Uh, my favorite character... It's gonna probably be the sorcerer. Uh, what was his name? Simon? Was it Simon? I can't remember. <laughs> Just yeah, I know Smith, you're talking right? about. I forgot his. I forgot his uh, name in the in the show. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't confident in himself, and then like yeah, he, I think you're right. It's Simon. Yeah, and oh, dude, he was. I think he's probably my favorite character, and also the uh, the one that can shape shift. I like. I liked her a lot. She too. was fucking dope, man. The girl Bro. from it. Yeah, the yeah, owl yeah. bear. Yeah, that shit uh-huh. was sick, dude. Um, dude. And I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but there were so many scenes that looked like they were ripped right out from the games. Like they alluded to the the dice even when they got into the when they got into the labyrinth that all felt like it was part of the game. A lot of different things. The maps looked like they were parts of the game. I was like, man, I bet I bet true Dungeons and Dragons fans were losing their shit with this bro. Movie. <laughs> bro, it made me want to go play Dungeons and Dragons. Like I wanted to go like I watched it with Jamie and her friend, and after the movie, like, it made me want to ask, like, hey, Jamie, like, do you want to go, like, look up on social media around our neighborhood to see if anyone's starting up a Dungeons & Dragons thing, and, like, you want to do it, like, as a date night, but, like, meet up with these people and do a story lore with them and create our own characters and fucking play Dungeons & Dragons? Like, I'd be so fucking down to do that. Yes, dude. That's that's how much I enjoyed this movie, bro. Dang, Uh, that's amazing. I definitely unexpected. Yeah. That's not that big of a leap. I previously asked the both of you if yeah, I you started asked me, and I D&D, said I was down. You both yeah, said yeah. yes. Yeah, I said I was down. But like, it got to the point where like I wanted to ask my girlfriend. I was like, hey, do you want to do this? Because That's like, what I'm saying. I was looking at strangers her. and shit. Yeah, I was looking oh, like, at her oh, and shit. she looked like she was enjoying it too, you know? So That's I was like, hell dope. yeah. I, I mean, know. I could host a D&D game. Jermaine's like, let's fucking go. <laughs> I have an online website. We, we can, can fucking going, Zoom bro. that shit, right? Yeah, yeah. We can, we, we can play Zoom now, all right? Like, so for, or... all, for all the listeners, if you're interested on in D&D or other tabletop games, uh, D&D just happens to be one of the most popular. Roll20. The website is called Roll20. You should Roll be able 20. to just Google it. Uh, Roll20. I don't know if they help you find games. I've never looked that deep into it, but I know that you can host your own game there. So um, that is the website for anyone who has the same itch that Jason has. It gave me that itch, bro. (laughs) That was like full on like that. That was pretty dope. Jason's like, I already have the costumes. (laughs) Dude, even a Chris, Chris Pine character was fun too. Cause right. They make they poke fun about him like not having any powers, but like he's like I'm the I'm the plan guy, you know like I I, I, the plans. Like, I just he was a knockoff of Star Lord, so I couldn't get past that. Mm, okay, I feel that. I feel but, that. 
No, he did it, but he did a good job. I don't, I'm not because he. I thought the movie was fantastic, and I think Chris Pine's a good actor. So, but I just he, was like, yo, that's a, that's exactly what Star Star Lord said. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I think would, the only thing that I would say is that Chris Pine's character was definitely more clever, like genuinely more clever. I'd say than Star Lord seemed to be in the movies, uh, and probably wouldn't have punched Thanos out of anger and. You know, ruined oh, yeah. everything. Uh, oh yeah, because you know, <laughs> you're, you're you're so rational when you're in love. Yeah, <laughs> you know, hey, hey, man, when the entire universe is at stake, I feel like you just gotta, you gotta. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the ending too. Like, um, it, it was a little cheesy, right? When with Michelle Rodriguez at the end coming back, and, yeah, like she's crying like uh spoilers but b- bless her yeah, spoilers. <laughs> bl- 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 bless her heart but like the daughter character like at the end like she's like oh like uh it, it just didn't do it for me personally as far as like i, I don't really believe you right here in this in this moment yeah, um, <laughs> it wasn't amazing but yeah I, I after the movie ended all i could think was like i want more i want to keep watching like i want to be in this world more Hell I want yeah. to be with Same. these characters more. Dog, I know, J- I know Jason's already told you, and it's because I hyped it up before it was coming out, but Vox Machina yes, on dude. Amazon Prime is a cartoon show, and it's outstanding, and it's based on Dungeons & Dragons. But yeah, I, will yes. be, I will be remiss if we do not sit here and mention Hugh Grant, <laughs> who stole the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hugh Grant was job. the best part of that movie. He was hysterical. Dude, that's, he, he was pretty fantastic. I'll say that, that. That's funny. Yeah, he was hilarious, dude. Um, I really enjoyed Regé Jean Page, man. Like he cracked me up. I'm glad you brought that humor. up. I'm glad you brought that up because I saw that movie with two, uh, my girlfriend and her uh, friend. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, that's that guy that uh, Tita is like in love with, and she's like. Oh no, he's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, what else has this guy been in? I didn't realize he was Uh, such a big uh, Bridgerton, right? Oh, well, that explains it. (laughs) That's what I seen him in the Gray Man. Yes, he's definitely a he's definitely a panning dropper for the ladies. Yeah, I didn't realize he was such a heartthrob until this movie, and then I was like, good for him. I mean, he's a good looking fucking dude, bro. Yo, he's a handsome dude. I'll I'll give him that. I would trade Uh, faces with that guy for sure. I I, I just Arya Stark. I think I think it's I I think it's funny that like he's like he's so good at everything, but like. They're like they kept poking fun that like it's like all right you're you're just not cool to talk to like no, yeah. nobody yeah. talks <laughs> like that yeah <laughs> all the time you yeah. know what I mean like this motherfucker like, oh gosh <laughs> I I enjoyed that he finally gave a smirk when he was fucking with Chris Pine I was like ah that's good that's good um but yeah great fucking movie guys Jason what did you think of I've been dying to ask you this we're moving on from Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio on Netflix. What did you think of the movie? Well, well, before I get to that, my my quick Dungeons and Dragons rating is oh. gonna be eight point three five. Eight point five. I think I rated it somewhere yeah. around there. I can't remember. Yeah. I know I had it at an eight my something. 
God, your guys' ratings are so high. Listen, <laughs> I just, we're I easy just to love please, it, bro. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. No, so dude, look, I'm not saying that, <laughs> but if five is average, you just gave this like there is very little room for this film to get better. Based there was on- not, there was nothing that I hated about it. That's why. So I'm gonna give it eight point five because I would definitely watch it again if it's available Fair on enough. Netflix. I'm like, hey, you want to, babe, you want to watch this? I'm gonna I watch literally it. Literally enjoyed it. Everyone's acting. I liked the world. I liked the script, except Michelle Rodriguez's acting. Um, and again, I mean, my but most of the time, they made my it opinion. Yeah, it's just based off like how fun that I have, how much that I like it. If I'm being true to myself, I'm not saying like, hey, is this an Academy Award winner? I'm just no, saying, just what's like what, what's what's the what's a ten for you? Uh, I don't have a ten. Well, Don't. you've given out eight point five to Honor Among Thieves. You absolutely uh, have a my, 10, my favorite sir. movie. My favorite movies all time is Pulp Fiction. So that, and I know you don't like that movie. So no, I think it's I. I think it's a very good movie. I yeah. also think that the fans behind uh, Quentin Tarantino, Tarantino very cool, are like, just yes. fucking obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'll and agree I, with you on that. And it's like, yo, the movie's great. It's not that. It wasn't God's gift to cinema. Like that. that you know what's funny? How I, people treat his movies. When Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, that's how I felt. I was just like, it's it's good. It's all right. What? You know, like, I, mean, I love right. that movie. I yeah. know everyone does. And I was like, I don't know. I think it's a very underrated film because a lot of people hated it. See, I Bro, feel like it's, it's just in... so funny. Because his name's attached to it, everyone goes into it and they're just like, oh my God, it's so amazing. And I'm like, dude, it really was not that. It was not. But you guys are just, because his name is attached, you guys are already saying it's fantastic. And did you see Tarantino's acceptance speech for the Oscar on the screenplay for that movie? No. He was so fucking like in love with himself. I was like, he's very, he's a very narcissistic person. Yeah. I was like, of all the movies that you want to be in love with yourself for, this is the one. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He is definitely narcissistic as fuck. Like, if you like look at his interviews, like, you're just like, oh, he's into himself. Like, if you're a person, if you're a person interviewing him, you got to ask him questions about like himself and like in a positive way because if not, he'll like shut you down like real quick and. He, he he's that type he, from what i've seen personally i'm not saying maybe he isn't but like he just feels narcissistic as fuck yeah I mean, most good artists suck though yeah as people yeah, yeah as, uh, sorry see... most good artists suck as people <laughs> yeah. that's very important distinguishing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> they just suck period in general <laughs> turns out they're not good they're not good <laughs> they're just not good people they're just not good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, you can see Beethoven, Miles Davis, Kanye West for any more proof. <laughs> R. Kelly, R. Kelly, you know, yeah, that's really Chris that's Brown, coming. whatever, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever, man, you know. Uh, anyway, Taylor okay. Swift sucks as a person, too. Does she? I don't know much about her, but you know what? I was told that she's narcissistic, too, from a from a from one of like the biggest fans that I've known, so. Dang. Sw- damn from a swifter or is, from wait, a is swifter this, is it swiffer swifty it's, it's the it's the br- it's the broom that cleans your floors right swift swiffer oh yeah That's yeah, swift, uh, <laughs> yeah, swiffer, yeah no they're called swifties if you're a swifty yeah oh get swifty all right, all right. boys anyways Pinocchio. Pinocchio. what'd Pinocchio. you think jason 
uh, better than that other piece of garbage from Disney Plus put out with a. Uh, it makes Hanks. it look worse, doesn't it? Like after yes, watching dude. that one, you're like, oh my god, the Disney one was terrible. <laughs> Yo, I wasn't uh, expecting uh, Jermaine. You seen Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? Nah, on Netflix? I'm not gonna watch it. You can go ahead and talk about it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I was not expecting. That, I, I I forgot that Pinocchio was a based off a really old book, based uh-huh. off of the First World War, right? Or Second World War. I can't remember. I thought the story itself was a little older. That oh, oh look, you keep talking. Anyways, uh, Guillermo del Toro, uh, what, well, because that Mussolini in it, and they like poke fun at him, and like I, I totally forgot that Pinocchio in itself is actually based off of events in history, right? Like most so, books are, and they, so they try to make it, it more is, friendly. It right? is an earlier story. It's from the late eighteen hundreds. Okay, originally, okay. originally, man, from what I understand, because. <laughs> I heard parts of the story and it's horrific. Yes, that's what such it, yeah. a, um, but it was to get little boys genuinely to like be afraid of fucking up. So because I guess they had problems with kids being terrible be, in Italy yeah, back in to the be day. Good boys, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, this one is World War Two, though, Jason. Fascist, yes, this one is fascist okay. Italy. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely felt the fascist Italy, and what kind of threw me off guard, Jermaine. <laughs> if you do end up watching it, because I do recommend it. Um, they were doing the fucking hell Hitler shit. I was like, oh, what the fuck? That came out of nowhere. Um, mm. uh, yeah, yeah. So it's just unsettling. Very unsettling. It was, but I was like, oh, it's, it's that. Of course, it was uh, but, because it, start, Mussolini, it starts. But yeah, yeah, yeah. With to Mussolini. Yeah, but like it starts off like very like kid kid friendly and like it just goes fucking south real quick and you're just like, holy shit. Um, but the and character the- Jiminy Cricket. Uh, our boy fucking Edwin McGregor plays Jiminy Cricket. And and uh, from then, I was like, I was, I'm sold. <laughs> uh, I think he did a phenomenal job as Jiminy Cricket being the narrator because you have to do the, uh, right, if you watch the Pinocchio movies, he's the one that doing all the narration and stuff like that. His voice is just very settling to me just because he's Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm like, I just feel like Obi-Wan Kenobi is like telling me a story right now and I love it. Uh, <laughs> that's personally how I felt. Um <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know it's just a you, you just see how good pinocchio is but like how easily someone can get turned into the bad side of it and i think they still told the story very well like uh there's gonna be points in in your life where you have bad influence in your life and turn you to you don't you're not necessarily a bad person but you're just doing stuff that you feel or just at that moment you want to do could cause consequences and mm-hmm. i feel like this movie like showed that very well to us um so definitely show that to your kids for sure uh, <laughs> side, side note <laughs> i feel you on the ewan mcgregor telling uh telling a story and appreciating him as another character i more so uh fondly remembered him uh, as the train spotting heroin addict it just it made me feel so comfortable you know Oh really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what uh, movie is that? <laughs> train spotting. Train sp- oh, train spotting. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Danny I Boyle, the guy that did uh, who the Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, he gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, great movie. Well, uh, yeah. So I really enjoyed it. Uh, I would give that like a seven point eight. Very yeah, fun. Very good. Very good movie. And Honestly, Honor, the- Honor Among Thieves is better than Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I haven't For... seen Honor Among Thieves. Dude, Dungeon, Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, personally, For entertainment like, as, as value, entertainment I think. For entertainment purposes, yeah. yes. 
Um, I would now, say story wise, maybe not. I do see. <laughs> I do see why. Now I see because I was a huge fan of Marcel the Shell. I was upset when it didn't win Best Animation, but I see why the animation for Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio was amazing. It's it floors stop me, motion. It? Yeah. yeah, dude, it felt like um, um, Jesus Christ, uh, Tim Burton's uh, stop motion for his other movies in the beginning, mm-hmm. like how they're so mm-hmm. great, but this was just like just seamless, advanced, advanced, yeah. and a lot better. I would say. I would agree. Uh, the biggest thing for me in that movie was the end. Um, it was. Jermaine, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, This is vague when I say it, so it was. Go ahead, just just talk about it. It was it was just really fucking sad when, because at the end of the movie, uh, you know, obviously the good guys win. Pinocchio comes back. Um, Oh, Pinocchio can't die. Yeah, he can't die. And so over time, that this the narrator, which is Jiminy Cricket, tells a story about how Geppetto ends up dying. Jiminy Cricket dies. Everyone around Pinocchio dies and he just keeps going on. And I was like, my God. And then it's yeah. pretty much like that that's how life can be sometimes that you just have to keep going. And I was like, Jesus Christ, what a <laughs> harsh story yeah, to dude. end on. Yes, dude. It was God damn. I was like, oh, oh, Jesus. I think this is for the adults more than it is for the kids. My God. Guillermo del Toro said this isn't for kids. He he already came out and said it beforehand. Oh, did he? Okay. I watched it. Yeah, he did. She liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because Pinocchio is a very fun character. Like, you see him, like, he's just very careless, and he is fun. Like, don't get me wrong, but, like, there is a lot of deep moments. And as a kid, like, I remember watching movies as a kid with my dad with probably movies that I shouldn't have been watching. But I just remember like the fun parts of those movies. Like, I, I don't know. You don't remember the deeper meanings until you rewatch. It, it, exactly. And this movie's still PG, so I'm like, well, it was somewhat for kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you should have told me that Pinocchio was Wolverine in this movie. I would have watched it. I would have watched it sooner. <laughs> Dude, actually, <laughs> he, can't, he can't die. He lives through every. <laughs> he lives through every genre. All right, I'm in. We'll yeah, dude, it, it feels like that. Dude, watch it. Very easy watch, bro. The movie's not that long. So if, uh, if you're bored one day on Netflix, watch it, J-Man. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, Animation's it will, crazy. It will not feel wasted, I'll tell you that. Uh, so you would rate it what? 7 point what? Uh, honestly, now that I talked about it, I, I, probably a little bit higher, like 7.7. 7. Okay, 7.5. Okay. Yeah, yeah. God, uh, I wish I remembered my ratings for these. Gotta, gotta write these. Start writing these down. So another Netflix movie that I saw, it was another uh, Academy Award nomination, and it did actually win for best song for an Oscar. Um, R R R. You know, I try to sound like a seal, bro. I try to sound like a seal. Sorry, did I sound like a seal on that one, guys? I knew yeah, what you were trying to do. Pre- it was pretty yeah. close. Yeah, okay. It was close enough. R R R. It's classic. It's a Bollywood movie, right? Yeah. What, okay, so after I watched this movie, the best way, if, if, if you haven't seen this, it's available on Netflix. It's, it's, it's a movie, it's like Rambo meets Machete meets Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, directed by Snack, Zack Snyder because he likes his slow-mo moments. <laughs> that's with a kick of comedy in there. And that's what you get for RRR. And uh, it's definitely going to be a whole day event. Like if you're going to watch this movie, it's it's a three hour movie, but 
it didn't feel like a three-hour movie although like after we saw it we're like holy shit time time definitely passed um fucking awesome bro i love this movie uh i i'm kind of ups- i'm not upset but like i now after watching this movie i kind of wish this movie would have won best score for, yeah, over uh, all quiet in the western front but I'm not mad that All Quiet in the Western Front won. Exactly, exactly. But, uh, but they do so much. Yeah, they do dude, so was, much at the score. Yeah, it was I, crazy. You know, I was Jermaine. I was telling Jason when I when I saw the movie, and I I will preface with I know that I watch a bunch of unbelievable ass shit, which makes it hilarious to say. But you really got to suspend your disbelief in this because they don't like you forget when you're watching watching certain movies like this that you really got to suspend your disbelief because they're just going to take you on an adventure. And once you do, you're like, man, this is fucking fantastic. It felt, it felt so fun to fucking watch after a while. I was like, they're practically superheroes. Dude, that's what it felt like. Um, Damn. I know, I know you guys aren't um, Rick and Morty fans and I know you probably haven't watched this episode, but there's this episode where Rick and Morty are watching um, commercials or TV but it's interdimensional TV. So like it's, uh, it's TV from different worlds and it cuts to one scene where it's about two brothers doing stuff in a world. And then there's a Spanish armada with tomatoes <laughs> and like aliens and just like random shit starts happening, but they're going to prevail because they're two brothers and they're friends and they're really <laughs> close with each other. And that's all I could think about watching this fucking movie. It's, it's that these two accurate. guys that, dude, this is the the best bromance movie I've ever seen in my life. Fucking well, that's what that's why that's why unbearable weight of massive talent. That's a pretty pretty good one. It, super, it, bad. It, super, super bad, super bad. I love bromance. Man. Yeah, yeah. It just started making me think about like bromance movies. I'm like, oh fuck, this is one of the great ones right here. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, it just felt awesome. Jermaine, did you see RR too? No, <laughs> you lost me at Bollywood in three hours. No, bro. There's like this one scene where like one of the characters like grabs a bike and just like yaks some fool. It's bloody too. It's gory. That's yeah. why I said machine. There's a scene where a character <laughs> takes all of these captive animals, like zoo animals, and unleashes them on a party of elites, and they just start uh, not like. Fucking... Yeah, it's fucking wild. It's fucking <laughs> Dude. wild. Dude, it's. It's, I might have to. I might have to peep it because it sounds. It sounds. Bollywood movies are always so ridiculous. That's why I have a hard time like yeah. watching them. No, it's worth it though. <laughs> this one's you know. <laughs> I, I you know, I'll give it a shot. But it's also they break out to like song and dance. Randomly. They do it's like they they do. pick a lane. Pick a lane. Now yeah. if you're asking who's Elaine. She's hot. I'll introduce you to it. Yeah. But no, like I just like I just feel like yo, there's so much going on that I you it just removes me from the story you were originally telling. Bro, and, it, and it's so hard to stay immersed. I, I think why I like this movie and why they kept me in is because of the story. And they kept I was like, oh, oh, that's that? That guy's that? What? Oh, snap, blah. You know, it's like a I, novella, bro. I kept seeing myself looking right. Because uh, the way we sit and watch movies, me and Jamie, I'm sitting on the left side of the couch. I'm looking right, looking at her. I was like, what? What? 
what you know (laughs) the whole time (laughs) did that really just happen you know what i mean dude the whole movie the intro the intro for the movie Uh, like okay so give you this will will i'll tell you this and then we'll move on so we can finally talk about our main subject but jermaine the intro to this movie introduces one of the main characters and it is like a good 10 minute scene of him going through literally thousands of people to grab one dude in the middle, like they're in this tiny little thousands embassy. Of people are riding. Yeah, they're riding outside of this tiny little embassy, and there's they just have a fence between the the embassy and the like the pretty much thousands of people that are riding outside. And one of them, I think, threw something. Right, Jason? I, I forgot yeah. he threw. Yeah, they threw something, and it hit a picture of the leader. And the the general gets mad. He's like, "Bring me that man alive!" This and dude takes all, out his baton, and it's and on all the for a like, good ten what? minutes, bro. Yeah. Ten minutes of him just literally fighting off hundreds of people at a time. Dude. I was like, "What is happening right bro, now?" Bro, all, all I can think, I said this out loud to Jamie, and I was like, "Okay, well, that's just no way he's taking on twenty dudes at once." Like, but sure, if this, this is unreal. Like, like this is stupid. No, at first I was like, "This is like this is unrealistic." Like, get the fuck out of here. And then as the movie progresses, like, oh, this is that type of movie. All right, this is making more sense now. Because at first I was kind of like, ugh. And then I was like, all right, well, this movie's like that. So, all right, I'm ready for it, you know? I don't know. I was, I was, I was ready. Yeah, I was, I was like, like give, give me, me more. more. What's going on, guy? <laughs> <laughs> but all right, let's get straight into our feature presentation, boys. Um, oh, Jason, before that, rating. RRR, what would you rate it? Oh, RRR, uh, at 8.1. 8. God damn, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, feature presentation, guys. I want to give you guys some time to riff. I'm not the Star Wars expert. We've got Jermaine on for that, and Jason, the Star Wars enthusiast. Let's get into it. Mando, the final episode of Season 3. I'm personally going to say... This may be some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen. It's up there with Rogue One and or Revenge of the Sith for me. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but these last two episodes together feel like they should have been a movie. Uh, They essentially were. The budget's there. The special effects are there. I mean, the special effects are are better than some blockbuster movies we've seen. Hell yes, dude. Me and Jason have been talking about that. Why? What's going on with Marvel? Aren't they sharing this with Marvel? <laughs> so, some one of the, the fallouts of the Ukrainian conflict, whatever we want to call it, I don't think it's a legit war, but uh, uh, we'll go with conflict for posterity's sake. But they, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that do visual effects in Ukraine, and so oh, when okay. they're displaced, right? And they have this impact on them. It affects, you know, the quality, right? And then not to mention, before that, you also had uh, COVID. And COVID drastically cut back on workforces, cut back on the ability to do the certain things that they do. People were working from home, X, Y, Z. They were, Marvel was trying to rush it to hit deadlines. And Mm -hmm. they sacrificed uh, quality to fulfill quantity. And they did a lot of outsourcing to not the That's same fucking places. Exactly. And they were also trying to get the, obviously, because it's a business, right? They were trying to get the cheapest 
Mm -hmm. uh, companies that they could go to, which means they weren't looking for quality over quantity. Damn. Yeah, that, that's exactly that's exactly it. So, I mean, look, there's a reason why Bob Iger's back. There's a reason why shitty Ike Perlmutter is out. Um, yeah, and Bob Chapek out. Yeah, and Bob Chapek, the, the original, the, not the original, but the CEO who backfilled Bob Iger. You know, there's a reason why those guys are out now. Um, their cash cow took a gigantic hit because of it, but uh, that's what it is. Look, Favreau and Filoni are true custodians of something that they love. And they're not going to put out bullshit just to put out bullshit, which is the opposite of Kathleen Kennedy. Okay. Thank okay. God she's not in charge, bro. <laughs> uh, she she don't get her head out of her ass soon. Uh, Bob, Bob Iger's going to drop the hammer on that. Let Dave Filoni's solo film do better than any of the Star Wars trilogy that she put out or the solo film or the, the Daisy Ridley sequel that's coming out. And Kathleen Kennedy, I do not understand how. Has her hands in that? Watch how she has her how, hands in that. Yeah. I don't, I will not understand how she keeps her job other than it, she has some blackmail on people because she is, she is the lead proprietor on arguably one of the biggest, if not the biggest franchises in the world. And she is fucking it up. <laughs> like it's really hard to mess it up when you already have so much source material to pull from. And somehow she's still able to do it. Uh, I do have a bone to pick with you, though. Um, Empire Strikes Back is one of the greatest films ever. Who are you talking to me? Yeah, yes. he's talking to you. That's one of my favorite films I, I, I'm ever. Just I know he's so not talking to me. It is. I'm just so annoyed <laughs> with this new generation of Star Wars people <laughs> who need all the flashy visual effects that they had. And then they'll, and then we have to sit here and talk about what happened to Marvel and the shitty special effects. Yeah, this, sorry, this, man. I the just... special effects whores blow my mind, bro. The villains won in Empire Strike Back. That's Tell true. me how many movies does that happen in? Uh, more now, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that's why I liked Revenge of the Sith so much. Uh, the villains ended up winning. It felt like a tragedy. I yeah. didn't, I didn't, I just, I didn't connect with, I didn't think any of the movies were that great, to be honest with you. What got well, me into it was the shows. You, you got to take yourself back to when Empire Strike came back. Like Jermaine is saying. Yeah, I get that. You had never seen antagonist win. <laughs> and there's also the, the I am your like father scene. Like, it was, know, it was such Iconic. a shocker in that Iconic. You got to take yourself back to it, bro. Every single hero so lost. C C3PO was picked apart. R2-D2 got fucked with. Uh, Princess Leia got fucked with. Lando turned on him. Luke Skywalker got his hand cut off. He, Han Solo is pretty lost, much dead. He lost his lightsaber. Frozen, yeah. Chewbacca was sold. <laughs> Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. Every single hero, every single hero of the original Star Wars films got smacked up and bought out. Asked out. They got asked out by Darth Vader and crew. Preach, J-Man. Oh, Preach. here's... An Here's another one you're going to hate me for. Fuck Darth Vader, bro. Oh, dude. Fuck <laughs> off, man. <laughs> oh, he stays losing. I'm sorry. I'm always going to say it. Fuck it. Listen, I will say he was pretty dope in Rogue One, though. I was like, oh, man, he's, uh, a, he's a fucking menace. And, and guess who directed that scene? 
Who? Filoni. They had it. So they had a um, a scene where they had a, an actor do the Darth Vader scene of him in the in the tunnel, and they brought in Dave Filoni to look at that scene. He's like, "Well, first of all, um, that's that's not the good actor for this because Darth Vader doesn't use his hands, and he wouldn't use two hands with a lightsaber. He only uses one, and completely changed that scene. Like he put like his whole input before they were going to release it. It was a totally different scene visually." And he's like, mm-hmm. no, that's not what Darth Vader would do. And he just completely changed it. And that's the fucking scene that we see today. And yeah, it's like, pretty Jermaine's... dope. Like watching him, I'm like, oh man, that scene, that scene, I can never argue with anybody. I'm like, Darth Vader is a G in that scene. I, I was genuinely like, oh my God, they need to get to it before Vader finds him. They need to get this <laughs> done before Vader finds him. He's going to destroy everybody. Uh, yeah. Whatever. And that's that's the problem, right? Everyone's been bet like Darth Vader's one of the biggest characters of all time. He's arguably the the baddest villain ever. Most like, memorable the, for sure. The, like he is the like everyone freaking knows Darth Vader. And we still have not received any content with Darth Vader, right? That's the other it's thing. Very right? upsetting. Like people say Darth Vader sucks, but everyone knows who Darth Vader is. Everyone's seen him do G ass shit. And if you go look up Darth Vader's actual screen time, it's slim to none. It's almost minimal. And and everyone still knows He's like that a plot Darth, device. And just a everyone plot device knows that movies. Darth Vader is that dude, bro. But that's the thing, right? You tell the story from a hero's pr- perspective because you want the redemption. You want the victory at the end. But Darth Vader was the first person to be like, nah. And he did it to his son. I know. What a... What a terrible human being! <laughs> Listen, I can rewatch. Uh, I can rewatch The Empire Strikes Back. Maybe I'll feel different about it now that I've watched so much Star Wars. But yeah, man. I I mean, it would probably be up next in my list if I had to pick. No, I don't really looked- like the prequels. It's the first two prequels very much. Darth Maul's dope, but he dies so fast. Even though he comes back in the shows, the originals. I'm like, eh. The sequels, they're cool. I like them. I like them, but I hate the last one. And then the ending of the second one kind of ruins the movie. I, I'm in the minority because um, after coming out of the, the last movie, Rise of Skywalker, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, man, I hated that movie. That's I was just, just like, know. I don't need any fucking Palpatine. Fucking we're done with this guy. Tell a new story. I, yeah, I know. Maybe the storylines just don't match up, but I just enjoyed it as a movie. Thank you, Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like let's redo the old shit over and over and over again. That's but actually the pr- one thing I hope they start finally like fully getting away from. That's what I like the most about Mandalorian. Like, yes, it's connected to things, but it doesn't drown in the older stories and characters. It does its own thing. Yeah, I mean, they could have done their own thing in these. Though actually, they did try to do their own things in this trilogy, and they they just missed it. Just the problem is. The Here's problem is just like like true lies. What, what, no, what, what's the one with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger with, where he's in space and his eyes are like popping out on Mars? Oh, um, it's not true lies because I it's love not. true lies. Jason, um, Jason's the Arnold Schwarzenegger expert. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's Total Recall, bro. Total Recall. The, the like is that movie good? The three boobies. That Total Recall, the, the first one, it's awful, but it's also awesome. That that's exactly how that's exactly how the Star Wars movies are, bro. 
Star Wars movies, and, and this is what cracks me up about the new age Star Wars fans, because they don't know where any of it comes from, but they all adore Mandalorian, right? Um, Star Wars are westerns. Mm-hmm. Yep. Meet, meet space. Yep. And samurai. And, and it's mm-hmm. heavily influenced by the Japanese culture, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yo, you go back and watch the westerns of that time, they're not good. They're and not. I love them, right? You go watch kung fu movies, they're not good, and I love them. You watch old school Godzilla movies, not good, love them, right? <laughs> this is what was being produced in the 70s, right? But he created oh. such a massive immersive world, and that, that's what it is. That's why the new movies stink. They're not westerns. Yeah, and that's why Mandalorian. And that's why Mandalorian is doing so amazing. <laughs> that's so why technically a western. The Mandalorian, bro. Every time he finally wins the battle. Speaking of people who get their ass kicked, Din Djarin, go take a fight class or something. God damn, <laughs> I know, right? He's uh, supposed to be a badass Mandalorian. Yo, you're a bounty hunter who gets your ass whooped, but he finds a way to win. You know bro, what I'm and, then, and then once he finally, like when he when. We're, we'll get into episode eight now. Uh, when he goes through the red screens and it's the callback to episode one, which is a great yes, thing that Dave Filoni awesome. and John Favreau do, which mm-hmm. is what makes Star Wars so awesome. It's the callbacks. It's the little things that tie everything together. He fights all those armored stormtroopers in those red screens one by one. At the end of it, when he stands over and he has the, he picks up the two blasters, and he's ready to go into the next room. They play his song. And it's mm-hmm. similar to the Western. And everyone knows the song for Mandalorian. Everyone knows the little sound. Because when it comes on, you're like, ah, ah, ah. you're Leo uh, and fucking Once Upon a Time. Exactly. And, <laughs> and that, is what, that is what's awesome about Star Wars. It is a Western. Westerns are fucking awesome. But they're also campy. They're cliche. They're cheesy. And that's what we love about Star Wars. R2-D2 should not be able to do any of the shit that he does. Oh no! <laughs> right, no. that's ridiculous, bro. So do you his adventure, like chopper like candle, because it takes all of that out. No, it takes no, the so camp out. And, it takes and, everything out. No, so and here's the thing that, but this is what Marvel seems to miss, right? You can have different things, right? Rogue One that everyone adores was not a Western, but Rogue One was fresh. It felt new, and the person who was leading the charge on that movie had a clear, concise story they were trying to tell as yep. long as you tell a great story it's fantastic Andor was fantastic but what yeah, some I, all of the I'm best s- star wars i've ever seen it's a great story anyway go on and that's all i'm but what i'm saying is is what people love from star wars is that right yeah it's, it's luke skywalker saving the day it's laser swords and mystical space monks it's talking droids. It's droids that don't talk, but somehow people still understand them. It's giant dogs standing on uh, like a biped, uh, just fucking roaring at people. But somehow people know what they're saying. Crazy laser gun shootouts. That it's exactly There's little moments. little frogman that just goos and you just fucking melt over. You know what I mean? Oh, and that, that's what I'm saying. It's like yo, Star Wars is tight, but you know there are some fans that take it way too seriously. Yeah, <laughs> and then there are some the, some fans who shit on the old stuff and only watch the new stuff, and they only like the new stuff because it's shiny. Are you talking to me, Jer- Jermaine? Are you talking to me, Doug? Yeah, I, already talked, I already started with. I have a boat. Fuck their old you. shit, bro. <laughs> that's. I'm sorry, I, you can't convince me that those movies are that interesting. I'll rewatch. 
rewatch The Empire Strikes Back. But A New Hope, eh. No, and okay. So Return this of is the just, Jedi, eh. This is what you need to do, Luigi. Watch Rogue One and then immediately watch A New Hope right after oh, that. Oh, that might, that might make it better. That will help you. <laughs> yeah, that would make it better. Uh, I, I did wonder, too, like, why would they have such a glaring issue? And then Rogue One explains. Oh, that's why. Although, how do those lasers, like, turn into... Have you noticed that in the original movie? The lasers, like, take a turn when they go through the hole. I was like, how'd they do that? He used the Force. <laughs> oh, what? God. Luke used it. the Force, I'm sure, bro. I'm sure. Oh, my God. It explains he it literally movies. talks to Obi-Wan before yeah. he shoots the shot. I hear you, man. I hear you. It just felt not great. It felt the, the, not great. Qu- the question was, why do you shoot into that hole and it blows up everything? Rogue One explained that. Yeah, it did. So, <clears throat> either is... way. Anyways, we gotta actually let, let's, get let's, into Mando, yeah, though. Let's talk about Mando. <laughs> yeah, my my favorite part, well, I, what I'd love to see is because I, I love the Mandalorian, the whole Mandalorian lore. I didn't know about this until the Clone Wars. Obviously, the only Mandalorian that we knew was Boba Fett. Um, so, I always wanted to see the Mandalorian in action after seeing the cartoon series. And we fucking got that. Just fucking flying around with our jetpacks and shooting. I felt like the CGI on that was fucking amazing. And the action sequences were just fucking awesome on that. Um, I like, I was just like fucking, I was just so into it. And I love the action parts of it. Um, and I was telling Jermaine about it. I was fucking geeking out on that. And I just fucking loved it, dude. Uh, it was action packed, just like what we needed. Um, we, we got Grogu. I'm glad that he got out of the IG-11 suit and that got destroyed. Oh, thank God. Um, because like it, it was cute at first, right? He's walking around doing the yes, 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 no thing. But I think it would have gotten really old afterwards, especially if they're going to do another season with him using an IG-11 bot like that to walk around. So I'm kind of glad that they kind of got rid of that. Um, but yeah, dude, the fucking action sequences had just, were just fucking amazing. The payoff was fantastic. I yeah, agree. it was... It, it was, it was, it was exactly what you needed to return Mandalore, right? It was, it was epic in every sense, uh, inter- showing that the garden can still grow, you know, like it, the garden was essentially a new hope, right? In in what seemed to be a dark dark place, and that that at the heart is what Star Wars is about, right? It's about hope. It's about perseverance. It's it's about you know, overcoming obstacles and all odds. And that is what the story of returning Mandalore was, right? The name of the episode was The Return, right? Mm-hmm. So they named it The Return. They returned to Mandalore, right? All the Mandalorians are together. They have the springs. You know, they end it with the mythosaur, right? Of of Grogu feeling the mythosaur using the force. Oh, yes, that was so uh, Right, so it was a return to all that lore. And then at the very end, Grogu and Din Djarin are all by themselves, kind of how the show originally starts in season one. And it's a return to that. That was so beautiful. I thought they did a great job. Uh, someone in the notes has Moff Gideon's a bad motherfucker. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. That dude's a psychopath. You, when he had all those clone Moff Gideons, I was just he like, was- Bro. He- yeah, just like he was like saying, it's like we find out what he he was doing all along, right? Like he was one. He's like, I'm 
I'm fucking perfect in everything. That's what he was saying. He was like, I'm a fucking great fucking, I'm smart. I can fight. He's like, but I just, I'm lacking one thing and it's a force. So he was been trying to create himself in different clones with himself as the force, which is obviously teasing to the sequel movies. And as we talked about in our last episode, uh, two, two episodes ago, Dave Filoni is going to make a movie that's going to tie in all the Disney series that we've been watching. And uh, I think they're doing a great job with it. And they're, they're, I'm not saying they're going to, I'm not saying they're going to completely fix the sequels, but it, it kind of makes sense to where, where they're going. Um, I, I love this guy as an actor though. Uh, I forget his name, uh, but yeah, he, he's, he's awesome, bro. Giancarlo Desposito. <laughs> there you go. Despacito. Dude, I, I put that he was a bad <laughs> I put that he was a bad motherfucker because he went through the trouble of mechanizing fucking Beskar armor. Mm-hmm. That was I crazy. was like, what the fuck? This motherfucker's gonna crush some bones. That's amazing. <laughs> this dude, uh, Mike, t- talk about. Man, if he would have succeeded, there was no chance the, the good guys were ever winning on no, that guy's watch. No. no way the Rebels would have won. Bro, yo, shout out Moff Gideon, right? Uh, <laughs> even more, like, he destroyed the Darksaber. Barehanded. Destroyed well, with a me- mechanized suit, but still. That's how that's how G this dude is, right? He's going to have what? M- maybe he was in what? Maybe... 11 12 episodes total of the mandalorian maybe that feels generous and he's going to be one of the baddest villains in star wars and he and he destroyed the dark saber question do you guys think he's dead because you know unless in so star I, wars you never know uh, so first of all i want to i'll i'm going to put a disclaimer in front of my what i'm going to say next first of all everyone needs to stop listening to fucking fan theories oh yes dude. <laughs> okay so is there a fan theory on this so no, yeah, I have not... a fan theory that I'm going to give, but I okay. <laughs> Jason and I talked about this. Be, 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 yeah, before that fan theory that you're going to explain, we 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 got Mephisto'd. We, oh, we like to say no. it like that. So so right, guys, we uh, when um what what's the series called? WandaVision. Wanda WandaVision when that came out, we got there was a lot of fan theories about Mephisto. He's a villain in the Marvel universe, uh, like a demon type character and we're like oh Mephisto Mephisto and ever since then we've just been falling into fan theories and this was this is what happened in the Star Wars lore me and Jermaine were talking about the spies and apparently how we're like oh my god they're making points for the armor uh being a spy or Mox um Max Axe Woes being 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 a spy as well Mm -hmm. and we're like we started believing it like we don't want to like oh this is crazy and we're like trying to disprove it um, so now we're just going to call it moving forward, guys, being called Mephisto, meaning we're falling <laughs> for the fan theories. And uh, we yeah, we got Mephisto on this one because I really With think that- it's like, holy shit, there's probably another spy, right? Yeah, uh, I didn't think there was another spy. And then the Internet made me think there was another spy. And then I watched the whole show thinking there was another spy. And then there was no spy. And I was just like, God fucking damn it so i need to stop we got listening to, <laughs> to all my friends do not send me any fan theories but unless you want to hear my fan theories of like whatever crazy thing i could cook up my crazy thing that i could cook up is that one of the clones survives of moff gideon with the force and becomes snow but but ooh, oh. that's that's good that's not where i was gonna go with it but oh. does not know 
his past. So it's a, it's a blank slate. So then you have Moff Gideon running around as a Jedi. Ooh. That would be that would be interesting to watch. I like the Snoke theory too. Man, don't fuck me up, guys. I'm gonna get Mephisto'd by you. <laughs> yeah, dude. This <laughs> yeah. is just me spitballing. I always like to like, ooh, what would I do if I was writing this story? That's what yeah. I would do. Because, bro, to see Moff Gideon go for being this fucking badass villain that was just punking out Mandalorians, uh, destroying the Darksaber, and then now he's running around wielding, let's say, like a green lightsaber. I think that'd be outrageous. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, man, there's no way that that Moff Gideon lived that, dude. A whole fucking cruiser just went straight down, and fucking yeah, Grogu no. had to use the Force to fucking save Bo-Katan and fucking uh, Din Djarin, bro, like, that was awesome. I felt like Rebels, like in Kanan, just saving that, but like just Grove was just a little bit stronger with the Force, so he did that thing. Bro, speaking of, so for those of you who have not seen Rebels, uh, there's an absolutely heartbreaking, tragic moment where one of the characters sacrifices himself to save the team. Oh, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, it's really good. And it's, 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 you know, it's one of the toughest deaths in all of Star Wars. And it, you know, that's saying something because of how frequently we just be off in mofos. But <laughs> he essentially did kind of the same. Grogu did kind of the same thing that he did in the cartoon. And all I thought was just like, damn, two years with Luke. And that's how strong Grogu is now. Right. That's 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 exactly what I was thinking, too. I was like, damn. Yeah. And I just, I love the callback to that, the way it looked the same. Also, uh, she, I know we've already, you know, gushed about Moff Gideon, but what a fucking badass. They had to take him out by dropping a, a fucking ship on a capital, imperial ship. an imperial capital ship on top of him and the base. And he just fucking puts his arms out and yells like he's just like, fuck you, I'll get you anyways. <laughs> I'll find Bro, a way, motherfucker. <laughs> it is it was outstanding um uh, ca- wolves staying in the ship to make sure that it fucking crashed too i was like man there's some that bravery was amongst man. these mandalorians first, and then when he did that i was like another another redemption story i don't think any any mandalorian fan fucked with that guy and i bet you now it was just like yo wax what was his appearance you see him just drop that <laughs> ship on people oh, he said man. i'm making this shit happen dude it was it was some of the best again some of the best star wars i've ever seen uh, it just uh, it hits it hits for me i liked i liked pretty much everything about those two episodes it i hope to see more like a lot more do you think we're going to see more Bo-Katan? Do you think she's going to be in the next season? Do you think she's going to have her own spinoff? I um, don't know. I don't know if she's going to get it. I would love to see a Mandalorian spinoff to see them like build up the world. So that way when we get to the movie, like we know how it got fleshed out. That'd be tight. I honestly think that it was kind of a nice settling for them. And we'll see them again for the movies. I think they, they decoupled Din Djarin and Grogu away from that. So that way they can continue their story so i don't see them necessarily going back to that except maybe a one-off like hey well we need to stop here and so they go see them yeah i agree i think i feel like that's where they're going uh a kind of nice little send-off uh again another fan theory they're saying like hey maybe this is the last season for mandalorian although they said they're going to make four seasons um but i really did like how it's official that 
Din Djarin adopted Grogu, and oh, he's now was, known as Din Grogu, and he belongs to a house world. That was awesome. Oh yeah, and uh, to explain that right to uh, our Star Wars listeners out there, so uh, you may be familiar with Paz Vizsla. Shout out the big homie who had the Gatling gun, who took the L against the Praetorian guards. They came in after he murdered like forty people. Bullshit, Dave Filoni. I have a bone to pick with you yeah, on that. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. He would have taken. He would have taken him out if he had had a one-on-one chance against all of them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's why. That's why he got dropped, right? So Paz Vizsla is from uh, Tar Vizsla's lineage, the creator of the dark saber, and uh, he's the first Jedi Mandalorian. Uh, and Paz Vizsla, they made it a point to show us his son in that episode where they saved him from the, the flying bird chicken tech mm-hmm. things that they yeah. ate, that they ate later Bob's. later at their, their ceremony. <laughs> um, Ragnar Visla is the one who gets brought into the fold as well after Paz Visla passes away. But what I'm getting at is the reason why you have some Mandalorian household names at the end and then some at the beginning are, is this, if you're actually Mandalorian, your house name comes at the end. That's where oh. you get. That's where you get Bo-Katan Kreese. That's where you get Paz Vizsla, Sabine uh, Wren, Sabine Wren. You have Ragnar Vizsla now, uh, so on and so forth. Now, Din Djarin was a foundling, and he was found and brought into the Mandalorian culture, given a helmet and given a house. That's where he gets Din from. So Din is his house, and because he's a foundling, the house name goes before his name. I love and, that. And that's why Grogu is also a foundling, and when he gets adopted and brought into a house, he becomes Din Grogu, Vice Grogu Din. Oh, that's that's pretty – man, that's detailed. I didn't know that, and I love yeah. that. Thanks for that, J-Man. Yeah. Shit, and you, you know what I keep thinking about? Now that we have Din Grogu, I can't wait to see what he looks like in full armor. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I've been wanting that, bro. Imagine like a, like when he's like Yoda size with a fucking armor, bro. That'd be so sick. I sent a fan art to Jason to to some dude who was just trying to like mock up like a just, helmet for it, just to get me all excited. And uh, honestly, I, th- I think it's going to be cool, uh, whatever way they go. But in the fan art, they don't have his ears covered by the helmet. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, it is, uh, most it of the fan like, art don't. It is like one of the hallmarks of that kind of species. I don't even know what, what kind of species is that. The Yoda they, species. They don't we, know. We don't know. So no, still, it's never yeah. been delved into. That's why everyone got excited when Grogu popped up. We don't know Yoda's species. Like wow. we don't know what we don't know a ton of that, uh, a ton of because they, they've never actually gone into that in any of the Star Wars stuff, at least to my knowledge. And I've read uh, more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> and, and so I don't, I don't personally know. I, but uh, you know, if someone knows, maybe they'll they'll tell us. But that's what I'm kind of hoping they go towards. They they, I, that's what I've been wanting. Now I'm cool with the sidetrack with Boba Fett and the sidetrack with the Mandalorians and and then bringing in Luke and all the stuff they've done is tight. But like, yo, let's get into Grogu, so that way Jason can love him for an actual reason and not just because he's cute. You know, that's fair. <laughs> hey man, hey, he's, he's a, a good, character. He's a good person. Depth. He's strong with the force, bro. 
Um, I would he ain't like even to hear said talk. anything. <laughs> he ain't even said a word. Okay, man, your fa- our favorite droid is BD One, one of our favorite droids, and he he doesn't say shit either, bro. Yeah, that's a different between a droid and... <laughs> and and Chopper, bro. Chopper's fucking sick. I can't wait to see Chopper live action. Oh, that's gonna Side be so dope. tight, bro. Also, <laughs> also to both of you, can you stop saying Ahsoka Tano is a Jedi, please, <laughs> bro? For she's the a love Jedi, of God, listen. Bro. I'm not, For the love I'm not of God. as deep of a Star Wars fan, so I apologize. I, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me as much. Okay, okay. But so I, the sure. best Jedi is Obi Wan. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. I, I'll agree with that. But if you're not, I'm not, just, I'm not saying the best. Okay, I'm, I'm saying my just, favorite. You know, it's just because okay. Ahsoka was so OP in the cartoon that I get so annoyed when people are like, "Oh, Ahsoka," <laughs> and I'm like, "Dog, she, she was better dope. than most. She was better than most Jedi masters from Episode One." Well, well, and that's why that's why she was assigned to Anakin because Anakin was one of the best duelists out there, and they kind of helped each other. I don't know, like uh, just because of her ignorance and his ignorance, and like kind of balancing it, and it brought him to be a more simpler and more caring person. Because uh, oh it's, shit, it's yeah. her fault. She he turned to the dark side. I blame her. It, it, <laughs> it's uh, no, it's not. It's it's fucking it's, that. It's, it's that one bitch. What's her, what's her name? Bad the man. one that framed her. What was her name? Uh, oh, Barris Ophie. Barris Ophie. Oh, it's Ophie? I don't oh. know. Uh, I say Barris Ophie. I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'd have to go back. I think it's Ophie, man. I'd have to go back okay. and watch The Clone Wars, but you could be Ophie. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know yeah, her how friend? that shit goes. Her friend, right? <laughs> yes. Her, yes. Yeah, her, the one that she yeah. befriended and turned out that she was the one that betrayed her and framed her. I uh, what if her she, too. yeah, what if she comes back in the Ahsoka series and is that one blonde would, girl that we see? I seen? would love that, dude. Oh, bro. I, I would love that, dude. That'd be sick. Because we don't know what happened to her. That's why. That's why I would love it. Because I was like, yo, that's, it's like the Leo <laughs> meme again. I've never yeah, seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but that meme is so iconic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you see something that you, like, you're like, oh, that's, that's, that, that's them. Oh, I fucking love that, dude. Oh. But, all right, we're missing some stuff on this episode. So, let's see. What else have we not talked about? Well. Oh, IG-11. He becoming comes back. The, becoming the, I guess, not sheriff. What do they call it? The Oh, he was, was like it, the protector of Navarro. Yeah, he becomes it, a sheriff of Navarro. I thought it. I thought it was sheriff. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah, he's sheriff. Yeah. So instead of having Din Djarin because um, they wanted him to be sheriff, he's like, "No, I actually built you, uh, rebuilt IG Eleven for you, and he's gonna be the sheriff." Which, which is badass because those fucking droids are fucking meant to be bounty hunters. So yeah, don't fuck around with that droid. Yeah, oh, I, I yeah. remember in the cartoons whenever they saw bounty hunter droids, people would freak out and go, even even Jedi would go the other way. Well, even in the uh, the very first episode of Mandalorian, bro, how badass was IG Eleven? Yeah, it was pretty sick. Yeah. That's why I keep asking them to bring IG eighty eight into this. Can they please bring my favorite I- <laughs> IG into this already? Also, <laughs> Luigi, you're right. It's Marshall. Marshall. Oh, Marshall. Okay. Okay. Marshall. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, remember when uh, Timothy Oliphant was the Marshall? Did he? Did his character die? No, he he got shot. He, his um, his second in, in command got killed by Cad Bane, but he he lived. Uh, Cad Bane shot him, but like not in a deathly area. God, they really missed on Boba Fett. <laughs> oh man, Mandalorian season two point five. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's oh, all it, it had was. Some great moments. It had some great moments. It and really I love that they brought back Cad Bane, but 
I wanted more live action gun band. It was very. I felt like the payoff on that show uh, wasn't enough. Knowing now that it didn't even connect to the season, I was like, if they connect Boba Fett back in in this season, that would make it make a lot more sense. Not a single episode. Yeah, I think it's we're not going to get the connection until the movie. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck. All right then. I just I don't think they can afford to show us the rancor anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> hey, we'll we'll get the rancor this Friday if you're a gamer. Oh yes, sir. I'm gonna get that motherfucker. That's what that's one that. thing they're at. They're adding dungeons to this one, so that should be tight. Oh, can't wait, bro. All right, boys, you got anything else to add for Mando? Um, I don't know, man. Was it on my end, man? Um, I think I got everything. Do anything you th- on Boca Ten? Do you think? Uh, no, so that I mean, I guess that could be it. Do you think Boca Ten shows up in Ahsoka? I if do. Does I, I do? Because they're really yeah. close. Yeah. And do you think uh, Din Djarin shows up? Yes. No, I no, I don't, I don't think know. so. I don't think I don't I honestly I think it's think, more plausible for Bo Katan since Sabine Wren is in the show too. Uh, yeah. We definitely get Thrawn. Obviously, we get Sabine Wren. We get Fuck yeah, I can't wait for Thrawn, man. I'm so pissed off that they didn't show Thrawn at the end of Mandalorian. Yeah, it was it was it was an amazing episode. It was an amazing episode. But bro, like a like you a don't Thanos esque sh- kind of uh kind of you just a quick scene yeah. where you just see him. You just see him. He didn't even have to say I anything. I gotta wait was... till August now. Yeah. You think I can wait till August? <laughs> Here's what happens in Osaka. Some shit's gonna go down. Uh, obviously, our heroes are losing, and then fucking Ezra shows up, bro. Not Ezra Miller. Ezra Bridger. No, Ezra, Ezra Miller be doing some crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh, dude, I wouldn't. But love I to think... see that. I yeah, mean, they're going to be Bridger. looking for him, right? Yeah, they they are. But like, I think he's only going to come out when they need him most. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, all right, we're going to wrap that up then, boys. That was a great uh, Star Wars talk. I I I got subjected to some hate for my opinions on Star Wars, but that's okay. I'm not I'm not super strong about it, so I, I I'll take it. I'll take it. Everyone's uh, entitled to their opinions, just not wrong ones. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like totally off you know i don't know man i am sticking i'm sticking to what i said i can't i can't i can't help how i feel anyway um uh, any shout outs jason yeah man uh just uh shout out to all the listeners out there shout out jermaine thank you for uh joining us and uh doing a deep dive um with star wars lore especially since he's been getting nothing but uh good content lately and hopefully they keep it that way and uh yeah yeah shout out jamie as usual uh what about you guys jermaine what do you got for shout outs uh i don't have any shout outs except for a shout out uh podcast room 303 and then uh one last note for all the listeners uh never forget you know she's the one when you start wearing protection with other girls you're so stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have let you do a shout out. <laughs> oh, man. I got shout out for the listeners. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. 
don't forget to follow us on Instagram at revenge underscore of the pod. Uh, we'll see you guys next week for another episode of Revenge of the Pod. <laughs>